Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. As always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today, y'all, I'm going to try and conclude the case on Courtney Coco's or this series, if you will, on Courtney Coco's murder trial. And y'all, I have so much more that I could tell you, but I'm going to try to condense it and get it all done in this last episode. Um, You're going to hear me turning pages. Uh, Again, I was in court. I took these notes. Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting half the time, so I'm going to paraphrase some things. Um to condense it down for you, okay? So we'll be done with this series. But I'm going to ask why would I keep doing this? And, you know, I'm doing it because it's important to me and it's important that Courtney's story be told. All right? Um, Crew Bash, February 3rd and 4th. Tickets still available. Go to eventbrite.com. I think it's under RRC4. Get your tickets. VIP is Friday night. Regular bash is Saturday night, and get your local raffle tickets, and we're gonna bring bring y'all some episodes on that. But let's get into the store and let's try to finish it. Okay, so I left you last. Stephanie, um, Courtney's mama, had testified, and when she got done, Hugo Holland, the defense, not defense, the 
special prosecutor I've told you much about rested his case. Okay, so the case then goes to the core. The defense has their chance to put on their witnesses or witnesses. Certainly Burns could have testified. He didn't want to, naturally. Um, but LaCour only calls one witness. Now, this witness is Dr. Stephen Norman, okay? Um, I I have pages and pages and pages on this, but everything pretty much has already been discussed uh, by the original pathologist, Dr. Brown, who done over 15,000 autopsies, testified as an expert witness over 100 times and all this stuff. Dr. Stephen Norman Alexander PD brought him in, um, I think 2016, 2017, something like that, and just gave him the case file. And he um, read the case file, and he had the blood that's now been stored for, what, 2004, 14 years, something like that. And um, he had that retested. Now, you remember Dr. Brown said, there was no blood left in Courtney's body because it was so badly decomposed. And he had to use the spleen because the spleen is a bloody organ, but he actually had to squeeze the spleen to get enough blood out to test. But the test that they did was uh, qualitative, not quantitative, meaning they could tell you what's in the system, but you can't say how much or where it came from. Um, The point of contention being that Dr. Stephen Norman um, said Courtney Coco died from an accidental overdose of alcohol and tramadol and all this other bullshit. But what he did, Dr. Stephen Norman took that blood sample and he ran it like you would a normal toxicology. Several problems with that. And I'm probably saving y'all some time because I'm going over his testimony without telling you verbatim what was said. But the problem with that is the the sample would have continued to degrade over the years. And as the body degrades, you get a higher percentage of alcohol, right? It's fermenting. Um, but let's go back to it. Dr. Stephen Norman gets on the stand and he states that um, he's testified dozens of times at, as a pathologist and Hugo checks him on that, right? Hugo said, well, you know what? I've only got you testifying three times in, uh, as, an, as an expert witness. So is Dr. Norman Lyon probably, but, or embellishing at least. Um, so Hugo was trying to, you know, basically Hugo questioned, so, okay, what's the jurisdiction? So have you done all this testifying in? Dr. Norman couldn't remember. the, But Dr. Norman had been the uh, coroner at some point in Rapids, and uh, Hugo basically stuck him out and said, you know, when was the last time you received any uh, forensic uh, pathology training? And it, Dr. Norman had to admit that it was way back in the 70s. And Hugo said, said so last time you received any training on how to conduct a criminal autopsy was when Jimmy Carter was president and he had to admit to it. Now look, Dr. Stephen Norman, um, I don't know how old he is. He's probably late sixties, early seventies, something like that. He's retired now, y'all. And um 
you know, obviously a very intelligent man, but the, my personal feelings is he's full of shit. So the when Hugo says, ask him, so he said, do you know that Dr. Brown has testified in over 15,000 criminal pathology cases or homicides he's worked? And, and Dr. Brown said, I don't believe that. And Hugo was like, what do you mean you don't believe that? And he said, are you calling Dr. Brown a liar? And he's like, oh, I, I just, I don't think that's true. Uh, he said, well, so you're calling him a liar. And he said, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I just think that's highly suspect. Hugo basically locks Dr. Norman in his entire career. It, he says he, he's done approximately, out of all the, the autopsies he said he did, that he approximately 50 of them were all by people who died violent deaths. Okay. So he says, um, Norma says, I think that he'd done approximately 500 autopsies and Hugo locks men to that roughly 50 of those were all, uh, by people who died a violent death. And Hugo asked him, well, if you're qualified to perform forensic autopsies, then why, when you were cornered, did you send all your autopsies to another doctor? So Hugo had him on that. Um, then LaCour gets up and starts to go over him it, um, with him about when he reviewed the autopsy in, in 2016 or made his own autopsy report in 2016 that he was brought in by um, – I was in the police department and he looked at reports and the autopsy on Coco. Um, Dr. Norman stated that he offered to do this um, after he saw the name in the newspaper and he said he could be available without pay to, to review Courtney's case. And y'all, I'm going to say, you know, he, Dr. Norman cites three articles which contradicted Dr. Brown's. And but but basically what he says, and you'll hear pages turn. Basically what he says is is that Courtney absolutely died of an accidental overdose and but she drank herself to death and and had uh tramadol, et cetera, in her system. And the liqueur asked him about testing the spleen he said wouldn't it have been better to, to test from the liver the blood from the liver well the problem with that y'all is if you remember dr brown testified there was no blood in the liver the only place he could get blood from was was the spleen everything else was gone it's too her body was too badly decomposed so the core looking like a dumbass on that the just goes on and on and on about you know um Basically, and they're just trying to say how Dr. Brown got it wrong. Now, you remember Dr. Brown, you know, was in his eighties, and not not when the Courtney Coco's case happened, but Dr. Brown actually saw Courtney's body. Dr. Brown actually talked to the investigators that were on the scene, and uh, they a, a pathologist a pathologist's job is to gather all the information from the detectives then to conduct the autopsy and then to turn around and give information from the body back to the detectives so they could help their case, right? 
and I'm just I'm not gonna read you all this shit. It just goes. I got like 20 pages of a core talking to this idiot, and uh, but sum it up, he's sticking by his guns that his autopsy report was right, even though Dr. Brown has already explained that he couldn't have tested the the remaining samples uh, because. That you know, since medical literature, since the people began doing autopsies, it's proven that if you use that old sample, you're flirting with medical and legal disaster. So, so when he was asked about the governor's stomach, which Dr. Brown said he's only seen like three times in all the fifteen thousand autopsies he did, and Dr. Brown said that's because when they choked her to death, she swallowed a gum, and. Uh, Stephen Norman says, "Oh no, I don't find that significant. I don't. I, I don't think there's anything to that." The he, he says that's just uh, pure ludicrous bull. It, then when Lacour says, "Well, she ate her," uh, Doctor Brown says she ate her last meal within two hours of her death, and Doctor Brown says, uh, "Doctor Norman says I don't think that's significant." There's the, they talked about when her, uh, Courtney's body was found at the the advanced state of decomposition. It was. Uh, as she had been deceased longer, but he says, Dr. Norman says, well, it doesn't surprise me. And he uh, advances decomposition. So LaCour says, Doc, in your expert opinion, do we know what caused the death of Courtney Coco? And he said, my opinion is alcohol and tramadol. And he said, I completely disagree with Dr. Brown's autopsy report. Right, so Hugo gets back up, and he says, "Of the autopsies you conducted, there were about fifty of violent deaths." And he said, "Are you aware Dr. Brown did over fifteen thousand? And again, this is what I told you all a minute ago. He said, "I don't believe that." So Hugo says, "Are you suggesting Dr. Brown lied?" He said, "Well, I'm very surprised on that." And he said, "You're walking backwards now." So the fifty autopsies that uh, that you've done, you done, you three times you testified. In court, he said, you were Dr. Brown has testified hundreds of times. And, and and Norman says no. He said, well, in your CV, you, you list your last formal training uh, uh, as in the 70s. And, and he said, yes. Uh, talking about in, in forensic pathology, y'all. And he said, also, you've never been board certified uh, pathologist. And Dr. Norman says, no, I've not. So he's not even in the ballpark with Dr. Brown, y'all. <clears throat> and on the tolerance part, Hugo, basically, I'm going to sum it up for you. Hugo said, um, someone uses drugs over a long period of time, don't they d- develop a tolerance for it? And he was like, well, they could. And he said, well, what about alcohol? And he said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, correct me if I'm wrong. For someone who doesn't drink at all, would a blood alcohol of 0.25, uh, would that person pass out? Dr. Norman says yes. He said, so uh, blood alcohol 0.25, and Dr. Norman tried to cut him off and, and, and say something else. And Hugo said, hey, I went to law school. I get to ask the questions. You don't. Now, at this point, Hugo's hammering his ass, right? And rightfully so. He um, said, how many of the 50 autopsies you did were on decomposed bodies? And to the point of rotten and stinking. And Dr. Norman said something like maybe uh, 12. So 
then they get into all these medical terms. Uh, uh, I mean, they talked about the spleen. Um, oh, uh, Hugo showed him the, the article that Dr. Brown had presented that's been used since the beginning of time. And, and doc, Dr. Norman was like, oh, I don't know about that, et cetera. So Hugo says, do you agree with Dr. Brown um, about the, the qualitative, not quantitative, and what Dr. Norman says, well, this is very interesting. He said, well, do you agree with him that they can? that's the only way it can be viewed? And he said, well, Dr. Norman says, well, I, I'd have to think about that. And it just goes on and on, y'all. Basically, at the end of the day, I'm going to turn some pages, guess how many I have, and I'm trying to save y'all some time. Because uh, at the end of the day, Dr. Norman is trying to defend his position, which he has no fucking position. He never saw Courtney. He test, had some blood tested years later. He never read. Hugo got to admit, did you ever talk to any detectives on the case? No. Did you ever read the case file on the case? He said no. Did you read the police reports on the case? He said no. He said, so basically, you just got information from APD that this girl had died uh, um, he said, well, I read the original autopsy. And he said, oh, no, listen to me. He said, basically, you just read that original autopsy and you didn't work with any law enforcement. You didn't have any other knowledge other than what you found in, in the original autopsy. And he had to admit that that was true. All right, so I'm going to get on past this, y'all. Uh, um, the core got back up and, and on the redirect to try to save uh, Dr. Brown and, and just – didn't do it justice. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. Uh, shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astapro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason 
to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Day. Sayonara. I mean, Hugo did get in. He said, "Did you ever talk to Courtney's family?" And he said, "No." He said, "Do you know talk to her friends? Do you do, do you know if she drank every day?" He said, "No." And he said, "Do you know uh, um, you, you know what her tolerance was to alcohol?" Blah blah blah. I mean, he just Hugo did a hell of a job. Punched the shit out of him, and he gets off the stand. Then we go to closing arguments, y'all. Now, in closing arguments, I told you in the beginning, Hugo gets to get up and do his his opening statements of the closing arguments, if you will. LaCour gets to get up and do his part, and then Hugo gets to get up and, and have the final say-so. So Hugo gets up, and he puts he shows on the TV screen um, it. it Moderation in pursuit of justice is no virtue. He said, I consider myself uh, an honest man, and I take my job serious. He said, I'm going to sit up here so so not to block y'all's view. Yeah, y'all, he's moving out of the way of the TV. He said, guilt shall not escape. He said, why well, I told you we wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that David Anthony Burns killed Courtney. He said, I am extremely proud to speak to speak for the dead because Courtney can't speak for herself. He said, killing of a human being, the body dumped or position, who were more qualified? Dr. Brown, who did over 15,000 autopsies over 50 years, is board certified, and he had the case detected with him. He says is a homicide. Now, Dr. Norman, who's a clinical pathologist, never reviewed the police report or crime scene photos. Uh, he only did 15,000. That's what he testified, 15,000 autopsies, and he's only testified three times. He called Dr. Brown a liar. Do you believe he lied? Now, he's talking to the jury, y'all. He said, I told y'all I was going to challenge Mr. LaCour to prove that this wasn't a homicide. And I gave you the reasonable explanation how this 
can't be anything uh, but murder. He said, I'm throwing that challenge out again. He said, I want the court to get up here and tell you that this wasn't a murder and prove to you that this wasn't a murder. And he goes on to talk about Fred Landry. All He said, Fred Landry, is he the evil genius in murder and can get away with this? Or is the most reasonable explanation that his DNA was on the latch of the car was that he had a relationship with Courtney? And, you know, the cigarette butts in the car, the most reasonable explanation is those, that car was a crack loaner and it was recovered in Houston. Uh, and hope a, a bunch of people had access to it. So, and I want you to keep the Oculus Razor theory in mind, y'all. That basically says that, in lack of other knowledge, that the most reasonable explanation is the truth. And Hugo goes on. He said, "We know it's a homicide." Doctor Brown said so, and he has four more far more experience than Dr. Stephen Norman. He said, now let's go to Wayne Durson. And y'all remember when he's the one that went off on the core and, and in the courtroom pointed at uh, Burns and said, why don't you be a man and stand up and tell these people what, what you told me? Wayne Durson says it's a homicide. And he said, I ain't got no damn reason to lie. Now, Charlene, she said Burns told her that he strangled Courtney Coco. He said, Seamus, said Burns said that he killed Courtney. He said three people under oath swore that Burns said that he did it. Durson said Burns told him about the body being dumped in Texas. Charlene says Burns told him about dumping the body in Texas. Seamus said that Burns told him about dumping the body in Texas. Tiffany Cedar said Seamus had to go to Winnie. Uh, she had to go to Winnie, Texas to get Seamus one time. He said, Hugo says, I suggest we know Courtney's body was wrapped in, in a blanket, maybe plastic. Charlene says plastic. And then I put Miss Ion on the stand about how the shower curtain was missing. Well, she was wrapped up in uh, plastic and a blanket. I don't know. I wasn't there. He says, we know her bedspread was missing. Clyde Griffin said he saw Prince driving her car. Charlene said Burns told her that Prince was involved in the murder. Burns didn't go to Winnie, Texas, back up and drop the body, and then hike back. You heard Dr. Scanlon said there's no physical evidence that's seen that it was a dump site. And Burns told Charlene there was a silver Mustang involved and Billy Earhart owned one. These things uh, proved consistent with Seamus' statements. Now, Jude Lawson told you he remembered J.W. and eight on the plate. Um, he ultimately ends up picking him, uh, drawing a, a photograph of him and then picks him out of a photograph lineup being Burns, him being Burns. And he says he gets his dates mixed up. But he remembered he was coming from the store, and the store was closed around 10 p.m. And June says the car was pulled, was not pulled in the building, and it was parked to the left, and he saw someone walking around and getting into the car. And as he did, uh, he saw the silhouette. He picked him out of the lineup under oath, knowing he might send someone to prison for the rest of their life. Jude still pointed out David Anthony Burns. Dr. Gazelle, the the 
the math, Dr. Yall, said there's a less than 1% chance that Jude can get guests even a partial plate by getting a glance of it at, at nighttime. He said, I'm going to suggest that Jude remembers events, not dates. Now, Janet Bayon, the only day she had her trailer on, on the truck and the only day she was traveling that road was on Sunday, October the 3rd at night around that same time. She sees the almost wreck and remembers Jude coming to do a report. She's never wavered in her statement, y'all. Jude's dates weren't clear, but he was positive about this David Anthony Burns driving the vehicle. Um, some stray issues about lacing the money. He said, I don't know. I don't have any doubt that Durson or Charlene heard what they heard. He said, I asked Stephanie, was it common knowledge that Courtney was getting money in the family? And Stephanie said, yes. And, and guess what? Burns was part of the family. I suggest Burns did not know the annuity that was paid went away after Courtney's death. If I could prove Seamus had had been there beyond a reasonable doubt, he would be up here on trial too. And Lace, if I had proof of her being involved, I'd prosecute her too. And about Miss Stephanie and and him saying LaCour saying that Courtney only dated black men. And that's because he's trying to establish and say that Burns, that Courtney wouldn't have a favor of Burns because he is white. But Courtney is having an affair with Burns. And Shame Settler said, looks like uh, about Courtney's body, looks like it been beating the hell is all black and blue from the waist up. So let's go back to Friday night. Lace and, and Burns have a fight. Burns leaves. He comes back to have another fight. He leaves. He's gone the whole weekend. He said, I'm saying that Burns ran to Courtney. She was dressed for bed. And I can only guess the conversation. Maybe it was that Courtney said, I'm going back to Jitty. And, or maybe Courtney said that she had an STD and that he gave, she gave it to him or, or he gave it to her or whatever. But Burns gets mad and squeezes the life out of her. So what does Burns think then? I mean, he said, he's, what I do with a body? Burns drove there. He can't have anyone see this. See, this is where their case that it wasn't homicide falls, falls apart. He said, why not leave her there? Why dump her body in Texas? She's going to be discovered, wraps her up, covered by a shower curtain, bed spread, both were missing. And then Hugo showed the pictures, y'all, of the board under the mattress. And he says, Burns then got to make two phone calls. First to Prince, probably said, hey, can I leave her car with you? And then he calls Seamus to help dump her body. Dr. Brown said the smell of Courtney's body would have been rotten and would have permeated everything. Texas Rangers didn't say anything about the rotten smell in Courtney's car when they found it in Houston. Seamus shows up in a silver Mustang. Courtney gets put in the back of the Mustang and likely there's riding that car with Prince driving Likely her being put in the, in the silver Mustang and not her own car because Prince was driving that car, according to his car around on Saturday, and he wouldn't have been doing that if it had stunk to high heaven. So the the rape kit comes back negative, even though Burns said that 
Prince and him and Prince's cousin raped her uh, or had sex with her, but nobody knew because there were condoms. But Burns is in Courtney's car. Seamus is in the Mustang. Charlene Gallman said Burns had been through Winnie, Texas many times. Seamus admitted he was on the road the day Courtney's body was found three times. So Settler backs in, and both of them lift out Courtney's tiny corpse and dump her on the floor. And as a last insult, they raise her legs, spread her arms, which I would suggest to you is not unlike Jesus. Courtney was sacrificed. Settler then has time to drive back from Houston and get his work van. And that's where the, the pair of panties were found in the van. And Hugo goes on to say, Burns did it. Maybe with Setliff, maybe not. And I think LaCour is about to get up here and say it's not murder. Burns robbed that woman of the opportunity to have a life. Make him pay. All right, y'all, that's Hugo's opening balvo, uh, salvo. LaCour gets up. Do his closing argument. Look, I don't have to spend a bunch of time reading you this. And I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it because it just doesn't make any sense. Hugo was exactly right on what he's going to say. Basically, he says, it's not murder. Um, Dr. Stephen Norman says it's an accidental overdose. He says there's not one person who can put my client at the scene. He said, except for Jude, Jude, who comes out all these years later and picks him out of a photo lineup. He said, I don't believe that. How do you pick a man out of a photo lineup when you only see his profile? He said, that, that doesn't work. He said, there's not one piece of physical evidence tying my client to murder Courtney Coco. Um, he, he talks about, you know, it could be Seamus. He said it could be Lace, um, that uh, other people had motive. Talks about detectives riding, uh, and he says, said, "I lose faith in our police department." And, and it, riding couldn't even get the date straight; he couldn't Google it. And he says, "When the cops don't get an answer they like, they they just basically turn it around and make it work for them." He said, "Why would you be giving out brochures after the festival is closed?" Again, y'all, he's trying to go back to Jude on that. He said, the body wrap, that came from the family. Lace said it. And it was on the news that a body was dumped in, in Texas. It's not information only the killer would know. Silver Mustang, Seamus says it was red. She says it's silver. And y'all, he just goes on and on. And he goes back to dry it and he says, this is the worst piece of police work ever. He said, to get back to it, he said, Lace did it and they did it. They did it for the money. He said, Hugo challenged me. Hell, I'm going home. My client's innocent. LaCour says that she moved out and she only dated black men and she moved into an all-black neighborhood to date all blacks. And he goes on to talk about Fred Landry. He said, that's the biggest guy I've ever seen. And he said, and he said, I know this is crazy. And he said, I'm not laughing. He said, no one could put Burns at her house Friday or Saturday. He said, no testimony that he smelled like death. It says that anybody could be suspect on killing Courtney Coco. That, I mean, she could have told someone that she'd given them the STD, they could have killed her. 
Seamus. He says, Seamus, I don't know what's fact or fiction. His credibility is shot. I saw him on the video at the dunes, and he looks like he's creeping. So then you got Prince. I know Prince was seen driving Courtney's car, and he's in prison. We don't know how Prince got in the car. And then moves on to y'all, and he, he talks about the uh, Dr. Stephen Norman saying it was an accidental overdose. Uh, you can't determine that it's a homicide. Dr. Brown is guessing that it's a homicide. He said, I think Courtney passed out, and he's a black man with a white woman who passed out, and he got scared, so he got rid of the body. Then the court goes on to tell the jury, he said, belief is not proof. You have to prove guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, and they have not done that. So y'all going to have to go back and make your own decisions, and this case is filled with holes, basically, is what he's saying, beyond a reasonable doubt. So Hugo goes through like 12 steps and disproves everything LaCour just got up and said. And at the end of it, he said, I challenged LaCour to get up here and explain that this was not a homicide. He failed. Burns confessed. Jude Wilson ID'd him. He said, I've given you everything. Go back to that jury room and come back with a a guilty verdict. He said, now the judge is going to give you some instructions. And, y'all, what happened after that, the judge gives uh, charges to juries, what they call it, and she defines what the charge is, second-degree murder, what the has to have specific intent, and goes on evidence and tells them, you know, just gives them all the instructions. So it's a long, boring list of shit. And so the jury goes out, all right? Now, we are sitting in the courtroom, and we have to stand up, all rise. The jury goes out. It's something. It's late in the evening, y'all. It's like, I don't know, 5 o'clock or something. I'd have to go back and look at it because it's been some months now. And they go out, and all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit. It's really over, right? But it's not because the jury's deliberating. And I knew that they were coming back with a guilty verdict. But... You can never be totally sure. And this case was 18 years almost to the day, 18 years in a month. Uh, the jury got charged. They go out. We go downstairs. I go downstairs with my truck. I call my wife and hanging out and waiting. Uh, I go back over to the courthouse, and I go back up to the, the uh, fourth floor. And I sit on the side, and I could hear people talking in the hallway, family members and all that. And... um you know, it's it's right at getting dark, and all of a sudden they say the judge is calling everybody back in. The judge is calling everybody back in, and I'm like, that's no big deal, y'all. I, I went. They some. I heard Miss Stephanie say, "Where's Woody?" And so I went around the corner. I said, "Hey, I'm right here." I said, "Listen, this is probably the jury coming back out with a question or something." Y'all had only been like an hour, an hour and five minutes, and I said, "This is probably the jury coming back." with um, some questions that they, they need cleared up or whatever. I said, there's no way this jury's coming back this fast. Now, generally, the rule of thumb is the longer the jury is out, the worse it is for the prosecution. The quicker they come back, the better it is for the prosecution, right? And my fastest case I ever had was on uh, double clutch um, 
for four aggravated rapes. And the jury, it took them longer to pick a jury foreman than it did to convict him for the vote. The vote came back to, you know, they were back in like 30 minutes. The So I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly thinking that this is just going to be a question. So we file back in the courtroom, and I sit down beside uh, Miss Stephanie on the front row, and shit, the judge comes in. Judge comes in, and well, you know, we have to stand for And then she sits down, and she says, okay, we have a verdict in this case. So I'm like, what the fuck? And we're, now we're all holding hands and stuff, and I'm like, I can't believe they have a verdict, and it's this fast. And so they bring the jury back in. We had to rise for them and sit down, and then they um, – Judge says, I understand, uh, jury foreman, that y'all have reached a verdict. And they said, yes. And he said, you can hand the verdict. And the bailiff took the verdict, and she read it, gave it to the judge. The judge read it, and the judge gave it to the clerk. And said, Madam Clerk, will you read the verdict? Now. Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step -step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I 
didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com R-L-R-C and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. This point, everybody's just bent over praying, crying, uh, uh, but it's quiet, it's silent. And I'm looking diagonally across at Burns, and the clerk reads, I'm going to paraphrase this, y'all, and the clerk reads, on the charge of second-degree murder, the state of Louisiana versus David Anthony Burns, we, the jury, find the defendant guilty on the murder of Courtney Coco. Y'all, I'm watching Burns, and it looked like somebody kicked him in the nuts. And he just, ooh, he bent over, ooh, and did like that. And then, and then he straights back up. And, of course, the courtrooms, you, people are – the family's all crying and, and, and going on. And uh, then, you know, it's just I'm fucking in disbelief. Not in disbelief because I knew it was going to happen. But, I'm, I mean, this is a long time. I know it's been a long story, but the, uh, I don't know. I'll never forget it as long as I live. And the judge, uh, they pulled the jury which means they ask each juror independently, is this your verdict? Is guilty your verdict? And all 12 said, yes, he's guilty. Now, independent of each other. Is this your verdict? Yes, guilty is my verdict. Yes, guilty is my verdict. Yes, guilty. It's 12 times, y'all. And then she thanks the jury and dismisses them and uh, sets the sentencing for you know a month away or whatever it was and of course LaCour before she even does that he he eject he's throwing and oh I wanted a pill and this is a blah 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 and he I mean you know he's acting like he's he's all butthurt uh, he got his ass whipped um, David Anthony Burns fuck you you murder Courtney Coco and you're gonna die in Angola um, then it came time y'all at the end of after all LaCour's bullshit ejections um, I mean, including what she said, there's no evidence in this, Your Honor, blah, 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 blah. Uh, um, and the judge goes to pick a sentencing date, and she gave him a bunch of dates in, in November. And one of the first one she said, I think, it was November the 20th. And when she said that, Stephanie, we're holding a hand, they're still all crying and stuff. But Stephanie says, That's his birthday. That's his birthday. And LaCour says, Your Honor, I'd ask that you pick any other date but that date because that's my client's birthday. So she moved it back like another week, right? And um, we came back for the sentencing and I think it was the end of November uh, that we go in, we expect to have the sentencing that day and LaCour comes late to court as usual. And then, then he goes, he Walks up to the judge, not on the record, but he says, Your Honor, I, I want to move the sentence to another date. She said, no way. She said, it's happening today. He said, well, then I need a 10-minute recess. And she's like, okay, take however much time you need, right? Once again, we're all fucking waiting on LaCour. The, what LaCour does is goes downstairs and files two motions. 
bullshit motions, same things he's already. I think one to dismiss the verdict and one for whatever the fuck else. I mean, I don't even remember. It's stupid. But in doing so, he knew we had a packed courtroom. All the lifers were there. The family members there. I'm talking about lifers drove in from all over, right? I mean, you, they're standing room only. You can't even stand. There are people standing all along the walls. Everything was jam-packed. And uh, the core files those fucking motions. And he knew what he was doing. The the judge said, oh, I'll hear your motions. And, but she was pissed. I knew what was coming. She, so he went through his motions about all this and this should be dismissed and overturned, blah, blah, whatever. Judge denied both of the motions. But the court knew what he was doing. He was doing it. He's saying fuck you to everybody in that room because they were all there to hear the victim's impact statements and to hear the sentencing that day. Well, because he filed those last minute motions after he got to the courthouse and by Louisiana law, the judge could not sentence Burns for 24 hours. Now, the court knows the judge has got a full docket. Um, and like the next day, she had a trial starting and all that. And he's thinking he's going to get it pushed back for however long. And the judge was pissed, right? And she leaves and she comes back in and she's like, you know what? We're going to, I'm, going to set sentencing for tomorrow at 1 p.m. This is like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, y'all. She said, therefore, but she, and of course everybody's pissed, but I knew it was coming. And she said, therefore, it will be more than 24 hours since I denied the defense's motions and under Louisiana law that if they file a motion, I, ha- I cannot I cannot rule upon a motion and sentence the defendant uh in the same 24 hour period. She said, but I'll send him tomorrow at 1 PM. And she said, and furthermore, the, I'm going to proceed and listen to all the victims impact statements today. Cause everybody's here and I don't want everybody to have to come back. And so that really pissed LaCour off, but she did it. And y'all, I'm going to put it up uh, for Patreon convicts, whatever. And, and it, it won't be this week. And it's, it is, I had Shane McBride in from uh, Wisconsin, McLaurin Whitetail Adventures. He was kind of watching my back because of the shit they pulled back in October. And he was sitting in the back courtroom, and he said, I have never heard any shit like that in my life. Now, all the family members got to get up and, and give their statements to Burns, and they were strong. They were powerful. It was just you could hear a pin drop. Everybody's crying. And the last one was Miss Stephanie, and she laid into him after 18 years of waiting. Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll I'll put that up for y'all. Uh, and and I was thinking, oh shit, I know Burns is going to get his chance, but is he is he so stupid enough to get up and give a statement? And guess what? He did. He did. He had to have the last word. But jokes on him because he spent Christmas in Angola and what's the next holiday? Well, guess what? David Anthony Burns, you're not going to Mardi Gras this year, bitch. You, they don't have Mardi Gras in Angola. And then it'll be Easter. Well, you might get a piece of ham, Burns, on Easter. I doubt it. You ain't getting any Easter eggs. And whatever. You're not going to crawfish bulls this year, homie. 
and you never will again. You murder Courtney Coco. Lifers, I want to thank all of y'all for sticking with me through this. The next episode you get will be Woody Overton, old school, real life, real crime. But this story means the world to me. Courtney Coco's life story needed to be told. This piece of shit that murdered her, found guilty by a jury of his peers, not Woody Overton, although I know he did it. Um, He's going to die in prison, and he should. I actually think he should get choked out like Courtney did. But, you know, Angola is pretty good, too, for him. So next time, it'll be old cop stories again. And I know this was long, and I, yeah, I condensed this last one. And then we had the holidays, and we swapped out some episodes of Bloody Angola uh, because of, um, you know, it was holidays, and we had to take time off and be with our families. But the y'all... Real Life Real Crime Daily drops on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. It's a huge success, higher numbers than we've ever seen. But that's just us talking about, me and Mike and Jim, talking about the uh, current news stories, uh, everything from the Idaho killer to uh, business. And you got to listen to that one, the female that cut the guy's head off and left it in a mop bucket. But Real Life Real Crime, the original Real Life Real Crime, will start dropping again a week from the day that you're hearing this a week from it'll be drop on Tuesdays. Okay. Um, and then of course we have bloody Angola. We're doing three bloody Angola drops a week now. Also so that's seven shows you get a week between real life, real crime daily, real life, real crime and bloody Angola. And y'all please keep liking and sharing, subscribing and doing all that good podcaster shit. Uh, Real Life Real Crime Crew Bash tickets are on sale. Now, we sold out two nights for Bloody Angola. You've got to get your tickets for the Crew Bash. Friday night, VIP event, uh, approximately 200 people. It's going to be very intimate. I'm going to sign autographs and take pictures, and we're going to party. And we have a bunch of stuff we're going to auction off. Uh, for only the VIPs out of there, the thing, items that have been donated. And hey, if you want to donate something, it, uh, whatever it is, just contact us, especially for the Friday night auction. All right. For, and then all proceeds go to Lopa, y'all, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. Saturday night, of course, I'm going to take the stage and it's going to be, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and tell you the name of it. The name of, of my show is going to be Sex drugs and murder chew on that one for a minute when i get done chase tyler and the chase tyler band that chase tyler the two-time louisiana hall of fame inductee is going to play and if you've been before you know he rocks the house and chase and his beautiful bride miss Lindsay, are also going to be at the friday night vip event and guess what he's coming as a fan on, on the VIP event, and and he, uh, I'm honored by that. So yeah, yeah, Chase will be there, and we'll have a lot of other people there that um, you probably want to meet. So get your tickets, Eventbrite.com. Real, I think it's RRC four, but you can just look up Real Life Real Crime and get your tickets while they last. We're only like two weeks away. Yeah, I think it's two weeks from tonight. I think it's yep. Two weeks, so get it, get your tickets. You got to get them once they're sold out. I can't, 
can't fudge on them, y'all. It's a fire marshal issue, okay? All right, that's it. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some stuff, but Patreon members, convict members, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for subscribing. You'll never know what it means to us. Uh, it means to me and to the show and to my family. And all this stuff costs a lot of money, y'all, uh, to do. So your support is invaluable. If we owe you something, send us a message. If you're having a problem with something, send us a message, and we'll get we'll get right on it as soon as we see it. Okay. And Lopa, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. You'll be hearing a commercial about the raffle we're doing uh, this year, like we've done the last several years, to raise money for this nonprofit. Lopa saves lives, y'all. And go, if you're a lifer from Taiwan and you want to become an organ donor, you don't have to be from Louisiana. You can go to lopa.org, fill out the little two-minute thing, and be a hero. Chances of your organs ever being harvested are slim to none. But if, hey, if they want my shit, they can have it. And I, um, Lopa saves lives. And... I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crown, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder Bayou. Peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? When the wolf is at your door, you're running so that's for sure. You already know it's all about you. Cut you down. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.